Sometimes in my more honest moments, when I'm reading scripture, I'll read something and have to stop and almost laugh. Because what I find in there is at least a little puzzling. And I think our psalm today does that for me. In fact, it did that for me this week. Psalm 19. The response was, the precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. A precept is a commandment or direction given as a rule of action or conduct. A commandment or direction given as a rule of action or conduct. So the precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. When God gives us commands and rules for life, we all sang. That gives joy to the heart. And when I read it, I was just like, do they? The first stanza, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul or reviving the soul. Is it? Like, when I think about the laws of God, the commandments that he's given us, the rules of the church, when I think about those, does that refresh my soul? Are we sure we have the right translation? Like, I don't know about that. Think of revival, right? If I'm being revived, it's like I had low energy and I've been revived and now I have like a new kind of energy. This is what we're saying the law of the Lord does for us, that it gives us a new kind of energy that revives us, brings us back to life in a certain way. I don't think I'm the only one, but I, th I think it does almost the opposite sometimes. You know, like, there's, there's in some senses, whenever, whenever I think about preaching, about the commands or the laws of God, or if I'm in a conversation with someone, and I notice that they're not living according to the commands or the laws of God, there's actually a fear within me to share the laws of God. Because my experience is that when you talk about this kind of thing, rather than people being revived and refreshed, it's like, oh, why are you trying to impose those rules on me? It's like the opposite, right? People, people get angry or... Uh, depressed or discouraged. It, it just causes me to think and to wrestle. And, and I'm, sh I'm guessing it does, at least for some people other than me in this church. For sure it does for people in the world. But I'm, I'm willing to bet that for most of us, in fact, if we think about it, we think about God giving us rules and commands and we don't feel refreshed or revived. And so whenever I have to wrestle with something like that, I think, I think it's okay that we're, we're allowed to wrestle with the commands of God. We're allowed to wrestle with, with the rules of the church and the rules that Jesus lays out in the Gospels and in, uh, you know, some of the laws in the Old Testament. They're not all, like, washed away. So it's okay for us to wrestle with them. But I think... I think it's also important for us when we wrestle to sort of pay attention to what exactly is going on. 
right? I, I know within me that whenever someone tells me what to do, my natural tendency is to want to rebel and to push back. And I know this is the case for a lot of people, maybe, maybe everyone. If it's not a human condition, like a universal thing, it's for sure an American thing. Right, we, don't, we don't like being told what to do. No one tells us what to do. We're America. We're the land of the free. Right, so I have to notice that within myself, that, okay, already I've kind of got that, in some ways we could say, working against me. Or at least I have to be aware that that tendency is within me. That when someone tells me what to do, I automatically don't like it. But the other thing I think I, I need to recognize, and this is, this is kind of something I think that is important for all of us to remember, is this. That my life, your life, generally speaking, is limited on this earth to about 70 to 80 years. Sometimes longer. I was talking to a guy coming in who's 97, so longer but sometimes less, right? But on average, somewhere between 70 to 80 years, give or take a few. God, he's not limited in any way. He has always existed, and he always will exist. So when I'm hearing a command of God, I think it's really important for me, for you, to remember that when God commands us something, he's not doing it as a limited being. But instead, he's doing it as the one who created us. He's doing it as the one who's seen a few things in the history of humanity. He's seen the kinds of things that people can do things that lead to prosperity and refreshment and revival, and things that lead to the opposite of that, things that lead to destruction and death. So when he gives us commands, you can probably trust that his commands are meant to lead us to life. In fact, this is one of the basic tenets of the Christian faith. Not just the Catholic Christian faith, but the Christian faith at large. One of the basic tenets is that God wants us to live. He has no need for us. And yet, because he loves, he creates us, and he creates us so that we can be loved by him and so that we can live with him. That's an incredibly important thing to remember. God actually wants us to have life. And God, who is not limited, has always an eternal perspective. Because he knows that our lives are not meant to be limited to 70 to 80 years, but in fact, that our lives, if we're faithful to his laws, will last forever. And that's what he wants. Right? I, I have to recognize within myself that because my life is limited, my senses, my body, my mind, my tendencies are drawn toward things that are also limited to the point that I can sometimes get caught up 
in those limited things to the point of forgetting about eternity. Right? I can get caught up in the details of life. I can get so caught up in my favorite team playing that it actually can make me angry if they lose. And that happens a lot. <laughs> Whereas God, who's not limited by that, he's not even concerned about the outcome of the game. Because I'm limited, I can get caught up into thinking that, well, if I don't do this thing, or if I don't take this position on this hot topic, it's like I can't even imagine life without it. But God, because he's not limited by that, he sees the bigger picture. He says, no, I want you to choose the way that leads to life. Because I'm limited and I interact with people, I can get caught up into worrying about my reputation or my popularity. And so even though I might sometimes see things the way that God sees them, I might sometimes hesitate to share those things with people who are not living this way. Because I'm worried that they'll be offended and therefore my reputation will be diminished or my popularity will be diminished. And so I, my tendency is to not share those things because I don't want to step on anyone's toes. But God, because he's not limited, because he's perfectly secure in who he is, he's not concerned about his reputation. He's not concerned about his popularity. His one concern is to share with us the path that leads to life. This is why in our gospel today, Jesus can, he can be so free to just be so darn direct with us. Whoever causes one of these little ones to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were tied around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Jesus, that's offensive. Don't you know you're supposed to play nice with us? I'm not concerned about playing nice. I'm concerned about your life. And so you know what? If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Because I would rather have you live with me forever in heaven than to do something, to think something that actually leads away from that that leads to eternal pain and fire. I don't, I, don't, I don't want that for you, Jesus says. Right, you see this? Because, because he always has the eternal perspective in mind, that is because he always has forever in mind. He doesn't have to get caught up in the consuming details. That's not to say that he doesn't care about the details, but he doesn't get caught up with them in the same way because he knows what leads to life. And he just desires us to choose that way. This is why I think in our psalm, right, the, the, the next line, the decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. The decree of the Lord, right? So because Jesus always has the eternal perspective in mind, because he always has your plan 
His plan for your salvation in mind, your eternal life, he always has it in mind. Because of that, he's so trustworthy. Because he's never going to compromise. He's never going to encourage you to do something that's actually harmful for you. He might sometimes, and oftentimes does, challenge us to do things that feel harmful to us. But in the end, they're not. Because you guys, in the end, forever is so much longer than today. Forever is so, like to take a minute to think about this, forever compared to the 70 or 80 years that you and I have here, it's so much longer. It seems like, in my mind, it all boils down to these questions. Do you trust Jesus? Do you trust him? Do you trust that he always has your forever in mind? Because you guys, if we can get to that point where we can say, yes, Jesus, I don't, I don't always understand you, but I know that you're looking out for my forever. So whatever you say, whatever you say, do you trust Jesus? For that matter, do you trust the Bible? Because after all, we can't really know anything about Jesus without the Bible. Do you trust what the Word of God says? And if you do, are you in the Word of God, reading it, wrestling with it, right? Remember, it's okay to wrestle. Now the big question, right? I'm guessing that a lot of people can say, okay, I'm tracking with you, Father. The big question, do you trust the doctrine of the church? Because this is the thing. We, as Catholic Christians, believe that Jesus Christ established a church and that that church was meant to guide people to forever. And that the church was not just coming up with random ideas, but that the church in its doctrine, that is in what it teaches, is inspired by God so that we can say what the church of God says is what Jesus says. And as Catholic Christians and historically speaking, we believe that that church is the Catholic Church. Do you trust the doctrine of the church? Now we know, we know this, I know this, we all know this, that some of the leaders in the church are very imperfect. And so I'm not asking you right now if you trust the leaders in the church. Although I certainly, I'm right there with you in the battle. What I'm asking is if you trust the doctrine of the church, what the Catholic Church teaches, and all of it. Not some, not most, but all of it. Because, brothers and sisters, we believe, as Catholic Christians, that what the church teaches is what Jesus teaches, and what Jesus teaches leads to forever with him. I think for us, there's a beautiful challenge from the Lord, an invitation for us to have a childlike trust in the Lord so that we can sit back and just say, Jesus, I don't understand it. 
Jesus, it seems like some of the people in your church, maybe even a lot of the people in the church, are hypocrites, including this priest who preaches for so long. <laughs> but Jesus, I trust you. I trust that you have my forever in mind, and forever is so much longer than today. And so it actually hurts me, Jesus, to cut this thing out of my life, to change my mind on some things. It, it hurts me, Jesus, to change my actions, to stop doing this thing, to start doing this thing. But Jesus, I trust you, and I trust everything that you give. Whatever you say, Lord, whatever you say, amen.